Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm just charging my um, Kindle just to make sure I have enough for the class. <clears throat> okay. So. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnana Timarandhasya Dhananjana Shalakaya. Chaksuran Malatam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Sapadantikam Panchakalpa Turubhyas Chakripa Sindhu Bhayevacha <coughs> Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Monama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siadvaita Gadadhar Shivas Adigor Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from New Jersey. I'll go into New York City today for the <coughs> Hare Nam. In the wide open Washington Square Park, I'll wear a mask. But it's really good to get out and to uh, <clears throat> see the devotees and do Harinam. Uh, I'll, I'll read the verse in a second, but the chapter is the killing of uh, Keshi and Vyomasara. So it, it appears to be a separate pastime, but it's actually a pastime within a pastime. Actually, there are three pastimes connected here. The first one is the killing of Aristasara, because that's the inspiration to, for Narada Muni to go to Kamsa. Uh, it's part of his plan to bring Krishna to bring, uh, to Mathura to complete the rest of his pastimes, but in terms of the Leela to save his parents. And then the pastime of Akura going to Vrindavan because Narada convinces Kamsa that not only convinces him, but actually reveals to him the true identity of Krishna, that he is the eighth child predicted in the Akashvani, the, uh, the unembodied voice. So he sends a Kura, and I like that term, Ati Anugraha, by the unlimited mercy of Kamsa. The, the, the unlimited mercy of Kamsa because Kamsa is, Kamsa is the agent to fulfill his greatest spiritual desire, which is to go to Vrindavan and see Krishna. So sometimes a person can do the right thing for the wrong reason. So Kamsa, his objective is, is to, to kill Krishna, but actually he's fulfilling the prophecy that Krishna will kill him. And he's also simultaneously satisfying Akura's desire to to see Krishna. I had such a great point and it just passed my mind. So 
uh, and then the flow stops, but we will continue somehow. Let me see if I can remember it. Well, you'd have to judge it was a great point, but I, I, I was very enthusiastic to explain it. Oh yeah, I remember it, yeah. Um, and that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes there's a mixture of the internal and external potency. The external potency is the potency to fulfill someone's desire to be separate from God. And the internal potency is the potency that fulfills someone's desire to have a relationship with God. And they can mix, be mixed in the sense that someone's external potency or the external potency may be influencing a person to do something that will facilitate you to go back to Godhead. So he's in the, his, he's being influenced by the external potency, but his external potency, what he does to you is the internal potency. The it sounds confusing. The classic example is um, the Dura. Vidura gets kicked out. Vidura gets kicked out of the kingdom. Such a horrible thing, you know. We all want some kind of security, especially when we're older. And he gets kicked out of the kingdom by the evil-minded Diodna. And then he reflects, wow, that was nasty. Always trying to give its good advice. There's a Bengali saying that if you give good advice to a foolish person, they only get angry. So keep that in mind. But he saw the internal potency. Krishna was using him and this person's illusion because Krishna wanted him to go on pilgrimage. And we can reflect. Sometimes also that the greatest mercy comes through another person's maya. To detach us from the world or to make us tolerant or, or to, to. Hmm. I have a funny story. I'll show you the external potency and the internal potency. Part of me coming to Krishna consciousness. A long story short, I was walking down the streets in New York and some people across the street, I turned the corner with my friend and some people across the street came over to accost us with the logic of a thug that makes no sense. We committed the worst crime. Hey, what are you looking at? So I'm diplomatic and my friend's not. So I, I start to explain, no, we weren't looking at you. You know, uh, no, we were just walking down the street. And then my friend says, don't apologize. And don't apologize. So this thug, these thugs, they just, and then hits my friend. And then my friends who put his keys between his fingers whacks this guy and then grabs me and says, let's go. And there was like this little garden. So we jumped and tried to hit the diagonal across the garden, come out and they went around the other side and they threw this two by four. And as I was running away, I got hit in the back of the head. It wasn't serious. But after that, I said to my friend, why don't we go to California this summer? <laughs> Why don't we go to California this summer? So sometimes 
someone else's maya can that's just Krishna directing things in a strange way. But a lot of times it's just a realization that happens. And a lot of times it works that way because generally what, what happens to you by another person is only coming to you because it's in you. And by coming to you, it's the only way you can recognize it. Recognize that thing within yourself that's separating you from God disconnecting you from God. Sometimes it's hard to self-introspect and see our faults, but when they come to us, they become very obvious. The only thing you have to do is identify them and be thoughtful enough that in our difficulties, when things are happening to us, that we look at it and introspect, why is this coming to us? I coined the phrase, uh, it's a famous quote now, destiny is the language of God. We, we read our destiny. Things are not coming to us, they are coming for us. So ati anugraha, by the inconceivable mercy of Kamsa, the inconceivable mercy of Kamsa, And then I know so many people seen for that one where he points to the chariot, very diplomatic Kamsa and says, there, I got a new chariot. He does so many things like that. The mind of a, a diplomat, the mind of a, a politician. Um, and Kamsa gets so freaked out. This is where the other story, he gets so freaked out that he, he's worried, of course, about his life. He's worried about the ultimate crush of the false ego, which is death. That's what death is. The process of death is the ultimate crush of the false ego. It's God announcing life after life after life after life very loudly. You're not the controller. You're not the controller. You're not the controller. And for one who tries to be the controller, then he's very fearful of death. But for one who identifies with the soul, therefore the whole Bhagavatam is based on that point. If you want to be, feel it, well, uh, what is the duty of a man who's about to die and what should he not do? And the Bhagavatam says, if you want to be fearless at the moment of death, then chant, hear, and remember Krishna. Because that will invoke your true identity that doesn't die, which is the servant of Krishna. Jivera suhupahoy, Krishnera nityadas. You are Nitya Das. You are always the servant of Krishna. But you're not your particular identity always. That ends with the body. So for the one who is living in the controlling, exploitive platform, who develops, who sees the world through his own desires, he, he constantly reinforces the illusory conception that I am the controller, I am the enjoyer, I am this body. One always lives in fear. But for the devotee, that's the devotee, the materialist. When you turn away from our identity, as servants of God. Then we forget who we are. And we get an illusion. And in that delusion, what happens in that illusion? What arises in that illusion? Fear and duality. We have to become fearless. 
We have to develop our identity as Krishna's servants because this present identity will not last. And don't wait till you're older. Trust no future, however pleasant. It's also a cultivation. It takes time. You can't just turn it on. I am the servant of Krishna. You have to practice it. We have to deal with the anarthas, those things that have no value to the soul. You have to identify them. You have to purify them. You have to eradicate them. You have to work through them. And then at death, like Prabhupada said, what is death but another birthday? I was there when Prabhupada was leaving the world and he came to Vrindavan. And then he, he, he said that, well, I think it was that time, what is death? And then he, he, he said, but then he quoted from the Gita with realization. As the embodied soul passes from childhood to boyhood to youth to old age, similarly at the time of death. You'll have another identity. They are not bewildered. because they don't identify with the body and therefore they don't suffer the changes of the body. We suffer the changes of the body because we identify with the body and we identify with the body because we want to be the enjoyer and controller. So Kamsa is in terrible fear and he's, I guess we use the English idiom, he's throwing the kitchen sink out of it. Let's do this and we'll do this. And just in case, he knows it probably won't be successful because so many demons were sent to Vrindavan. They were killed by Krishna. He didn't know Krishna was that person yet. Now he knows he's the eighth child. So he's sending, he already sent Aristastra, he sent Putana, he sent one demon after another. It won't work. But when you're dealing with death, impending death, you don't use reason. You see, but you don't see. What do you see? You see that my father's died, my father's father's died, his father's father's died, that person's father's died. Everyone in the history of the world has died, but I won't die. I have my I have my army. my body, I have my body, my family, my place, my identity. But it's insane. They will not protect you as, as it says, they are infallible soldiers. But once we are threatened with that, we'll do anything except what, you know, there's a principle we should try to save life as, as long as possible. That, that's a Shastric principle. But sometimes it's not possible and people continue to go on. I remember when you see someone who's realized, my godbrother in Vrindavan, Kormarupa, who was famous for loving and taking care of Krishna's cows. And he had a stomach ache. He went to Delhi. They told him he had stage four cancer went to Vrindavan to his Goshala and the cows, laid on his bed and waited for death. He 
because he understood the soul because he lived on the platform of the soul. He realized it. So the thing that he was doing and the identity he had and the consciousness in which he was doing it would continue after the body. That's the beautiful thing about devotional service. It will continue after the body. But the things we do in relationship to the body and the identity we have in relationship to the body, that will not last. So it's a struggle. Tapo divyam yenakaputva sattvam shudyad yasmat. But it produces bliss. Tapasya. Tapasya means despite the irrational impulses of the mind and senses, we continue in our service. And it doesn't mean renunciation. It begins, as Bhagavad Gita says, with the consciousness of doing the activities and responsibilities we have in our life for God. Which takes the material situation and spiritualizes it. A little more challenging than when you're born in a Varn Ashram society where the whole society is serving God. But nonetheless, the situations we are forced to be in sometimes because we have to maintain a family and we have to have a family and we have to. If it's done in that consciousness, So he sends Akura to Vrindavan, but Akura, of course, he's not going to come so passionate and mad. He says, go immediately, but he realizes, go immediately. It's the middle of the night. And if I arrive there in the morning, it's the worst time. If I arrive there with the message, take Krishna from Vrindavan, and I arrived there in the morning. First of all, traveling at night, how do you even get there? There's no illuminated signposts. But if I arrived there in the morning, I, I have to tell Krishna first. If I do it in, 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 in front of the cowherd boys or, or, or the parents, and give that message while Krishna is going out to the forest. I, I should wait till he's back and then deliver that message. Okay. Okay. I charged it up now. Okay. And now we're at the Leela. And I, I'm glad I spoke first like this because, again, sometimes there has to be philosophy to be engaging. This is just basically Leela now, text one and two. Sri Sukha Uvacha, Keshi Tu Kamsa Prahitak Koraim Ahim, Maha Hayo. Nijrayam mano jiva, Shitabadu tabra, Vimana shankulam, Kravam nabo, he shita, be shita kila, Tamtrasayantam bagavan sukulam, Tadeshitai vala vigurni tambudum, Atmanam ajau, Magayatam agat agranir, Ukavayat so, long verse. Sukadeva Goswami said, the demon Keshi sent by Kamsa appeared in Vraja as a great horse, a great horse. 
wasn't just a horse, it was a gray horse. It, it was practically to the sky. And why was the name Keishi? What's the most prominent part of a horse? The most prominent part of a horse is the, the hair, the mane of the horse. The horse is known for mane. There's no other animal that's known for its hair. So that's called Keishi. And the nature of these demons when they came to Vrindavan, their original forms were not demons, they were associates of Kamsa, who for nefarious means to exploit and control, they had they had various mystic powers. And they would always come to Vrindavan disguised as various animals so that they can come into Vrindavan without being uh, known. And this demon, he's described as Keshi too, not demon, but Keshi too. And this demon, it meant it's, it, it, he was especially fierce because he was a demon, but he was a demon on the mission of a demon. There's a Bengali saying that if you have bitter melon and then you add neem, which is also bitter, it becomes extremely bitter. So this is a demon inspired by a demon who he He, and, and, and you know, and mentality. The mind is so so devious that it generally. I describe this is that the nature of the mind is that it wants to have a justification for what it does, and therefore, even people, even ourselves, sometimes. We do things wrong, but we develop a philosophy to support it. Basically, that's what happens. That's why it's so hard to hear the truth, because the truth not only challenges our philosophy, it challenges our, detach, our, our attachments, because our philosophy, our conceptions are to support our attachments so that we can enjoy without guilt. Generally, those are the two aspects of material enjoyment. The sensual pleasure, free, to, free from guilt. So even the worst person wants to be free from guilt. And therefore you have so much rationalization, justifications, philosophies, and, and, and it's wound around a person. Therefore, when you have guru, when you have shastra, and you have sadhu, it's real challenging because the philosophy, the things we believe, uh, uh, many of them, the, the, the basis of them is, is not any tradition or Shastra. It's the basis of them is our attachments. It's very, very subtle. And the Shastra does not conform to our attachments. So it's challenging. So even the demon, he's thinking, this Kamsa is such a great man. I, I am going to support. So he has a mission. I am go, going to support Kamsa. My friend, he's such a great man. I'm going to support Kamsa. So the demon sent by Kamsa. Double demon appeared in Vraja as a great horse. This was his plan. Running with the speed of mind. It's a metaphor. He was just going fast. He was into his mission. He wanted to please Kamsa. He wanted to do good. 
He tore up the earth with his hooves and the hairs of his mane scattered the clouds and the demigods airplanes throughout the sky. So the demigods are watching the Leela and he's so big, this horse, that the mane is like flying in the sky and they're, they're the planes have to avoid it. And he terrified everyone with his loud neighing. When the Supreme Personality of Godhead saw how the demon was frightening his village of Gokul by neighing terribly and shaking the clouds with his tail, the Lord came forward to meet him. So Krishna's, he's Bhaktivatsala. He's going to protect, he's going to protect his devotees. So he's going to protect his devotees. That's his mission. And he will protect his devotees. That's one of the realizations we have of surrendering to Krishna. He protects and maintains his devotees. Ultimately, that means Krishna does what's best. Like recently I got the sickness. I, I feel almost completely cured. But that was best for me in a hundred ways. That was best for me. Ultimately for my health, for my consciousness. It was Krishna moving me where he wanted. And I didn't have any doubt about that. Because the experience of surrendering to Krishna is he does what's best. And that's faith, that faith develops so that no matter what happens, you feel that. It's trust by our experience. And we have to do that and we have to live by that way because one day we'll face death and we have to face it in the same way. Krishna says, I'm taking everything, including your family, your identity, any sense of superiority you have, all your attachments. Sadhu Mene. When Marge Pricker was about to die, Sadhu Mene. I think this is good. I think this is good. So Krishna will protect. I got a call the other day is I would call him kind of a saint. He's about 72 years old. He's my god brother. And there's not a minute in the day where he's not intensely serving Krishna. He runs this bed and breakfast in New York. The prophets go to feeding the poor with prasadam. Uh, it's just amazing. He, he's up at night because guests come at midnight. He gets up he, when, when there's no pandemic. He's in the morning program, the Bhakti Center. He's constantly preaching. There's not a minute where he's not serving Krishna. So he thought, okay, we're doing, we're feeding people in Tompkins Square Park. Let's see if we can increase this. So he decides to make these applications and he made five applications and one came through for feeding vegan meals. I forgot for what institution, for something poor, for 17,000 people a day. He was feeding 5,000 a month, now 17,000 a day. So he does these things and he has his faith in Krishna but they're building a kitchen and you have to have a walk-in freezer, not a walk-in cooler because the meals you have have to be frozen when they're sent. This is part of the thing. So the person who's gonna give him the, says, well, anyway, I can't come. Not he can't come, he calls 
and speaks to everyone. Now, next to the Bhakti Center, there's Gringer. That's there before the Bhakti Center. It's a, a kitchen appliance store, very big one. And I noticed that the owner of that would walk by the Harinam in Tompkins Square Park and always give a donation. I later found out that the first Brahmachari Oscar in Iskon was, uh, was above their store. Um, so he went to them. He said, you can't get a, a, a cool and free because of the pandemic. All, and this had to be like a, a, a really a walk-in one. He said, because of the pandemic, all the walk-in freezes, you can't even get them. Rich people are buying them, people are storing food, whatever, you can't get them. So he, he spends the day, he calls me up. He says, you know, anybody with a walk-in freeze? I said, what are you doing? He tells me the story. He's calling 100 people. So this morning he calls me up and he said, somehow there was a Israeli vegan restaurant that closed and they donated the their freezer. So Krishna will protect one. And these stories show that he actually, they actually comes. Casey was searching for Krishna for a fight so when the Lord stood before him and challenged his approach, the horse responded by roaring like a lion because they're the demons. They can do many, many things so they can also adopt any aspect of any animal. Seeing the Lord before him, Keishi ran towards him in extreme rage, his mouth gaping as if to swallow up the sky rushing with furious speed, the unconquerable and unapproachable demon tried to strike the lotus-eyed Lord with his two front legs. Should be back legs, shouldn't it? Because generally the power in, in a horse is its back legs. But the transcendental Lord dodged Keishi's blow and with his arms angrily seized the demon by the legs. So he, he actually squeezed, Krishna squeezed those legs together, whirled them around the air and contemptuously threw him the distance of 100 bow lengths, just as Garuda might throw a snake. Lord Krishna then stood there. So Krishna is completely undisturbed. There's no fear as he's gone. Upon regaining consciousness, Keishi angrily got up, opened his mouth wide again and rushed to attack Lord Krishna. But the Lord just smiled. What's the word for smiled? Smitha? Smayam. He just smiled and struck, struck, thrust his left arm into the horse's mouth as easily as one would make a snake enter a hole in the ground. So Marge Prickett is listening to this and he's very emotionally involved because it's Rasa Shastra. You actually, it's a romance, you feel romance. If it's a, a horror story, you feel fear. The scariest horror movie I ever watched. My, it's between Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds, and The Incredible Blob. But Marge Prickett is watching this and he's terrified. So he uses the example, this is easy for Krishna, as a snake enters a hole in the ground. To get the animal who dug it, it's so easy for Krishna, don't worry. And Keishi's teeth 
immediately fell out when they touched the Supreme Lord's arm, which to the demon felt as hot as molten iron. When Keishi's body, within Keishi's body, the Supreme Personality of God had then expanded greatly like a diseased stomach swelling because of neglect. It's mystical. Not as Krishna's arm got bigger, but just mystically. Krishna's will is suffocated him. Now, I read a commentary this morning that was interesting, but it was about Dwija. Dwija means twice born, and teeth are also known as Dwija because they're twice born. You have baby tooth, and then you have a regular tooth. So he was describing, the commentator was describing that. Whatever Krishna does, whatever these pastimes are done very thoughtfully. And here the image is Dwija twice born. The arm represents the Kshatriyas because the Kshatriyas, the warriors are born from the arm. So when the arm breaks the teeth, he said it was symbolic that even of the twice born, when they deviate, then the Kshatriyas, the arms, have to. As Lord Krishna's expanding arm completely blocked Keshi's breathing, his legs kicked convulsively, his body became covered with sweat, and his eyes rolled on the ground. The demon then passed stool and fell on the ground dead. So in seven verses, the demons killed. The mighty arm Krishna withdrew his arm from Keshi's body, not his mouth. His arm went right in the body, which now appeared like a long kartika fruit. Kartika is a type of cucumber that when it's overripe, it explodes. Without the least display of pride in having so effortly killed his, he only did two things. He just grabbed his legs and put his hand. Well, he says, nothing. Having so effortlessly killed his enemy, the Lord accepted the demigod's worship in the form of flowers rained down from above. Okay, now an another part of the pastime comes when Narada comes to see Krishna to energize the pastimes. So, um, yeah, so also because I have to go soon, because I'm an hour and a half from the city and I have to take lunch and things. So stop a little early, but if anyone would like to share a reflection, something in the class that was interesting. Hey, Jaya, yes. I loved, and you've, you've said this often that the karma is that which is in to, which, which is in you comes to you. But the way you said it today, then then it makes it obvious because otherwise you don't see it unless it comes right up to your face, like like a demon or something. So that really hit that it 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 has to sometimes come out so I can actually see it and know it's best for me. We we protect our faults by our intelligence. Hmm. We have a motive. Our faults make us look bad, we hide them. The faults of others don't make us look bad. In fact, they make us look good, or they can, so we tend to recognize them. Okay, Haribo. Thank you, Jumuna Jaya. Anybody else share some reflection? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, this is Champak. Um, I really liked hey, Champak. Okay, Sevanandi, Haribo, Haribo. Champak, you had a question. Um, I just wanted to say that I really like the um, the point about the external and internal energies. Um, and also, I, I really like to hear again that um, when uh, when we when we chant Krishna's names and remember uh, him in the moment of fear, that uh, we become fearless. And because 
we remember our eternal um, nature and our true, true nature. That's an important point, isn't it? Because the world is just a world of fear. Because yeah. to the extent that we identify with the body and it's fearful. Okay, nice. Thank you, Chinta. Where Thank are you, you now in, in Colorado or? I am, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I, I will be in New York the week after next. So I, I hope to somehow see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lise is coming back actually. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah, we, we, we spoke yesterday. Okay. And, uh, okay. Anyway, text me and let me know how your father's doing, okay? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Thank you, Gromaraj. Okay. All right. Anybody else like to say hello? Hi, Krishna Maraj. It's Missy. Missy, Harry Bo. Harry Bull, I really liked that. And maybe I'm not phrasing it the same exact way, but when you had said, tell an ignorant person or give an ignorant person good advice, they'll get angry. I feel like that's yeah, that, That's true. a Bengali proverb. When you yeah. give advice to a foolish person, they only become angry. To a foolish that, person. It, 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 yeah, no, it's a nice point. It basically means don't give advice to a foolish person. <laughs> Because that's the only result. Actually, I, I like my godbrother Vaisheshabru always says, I stand to be corrected. Mm. So it really takes a lot. And I think people appreciate it because we so much rationalize things. You know, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. It's better to err on the side of listening mm -hmm. because, that, you know, rather than hear your whole story. Okay, thanks, Missy. Thanks, Marsh. Okay, good. Anybody else? No, Marsh. This is Seven and again. Hello. <laughs> uh, and thank you for your wonderful class and uh, the phrase, which are really, um, you know, was very interesting for me. Is that what comes to us is coming for us? It, what comes to us is coming for us. Yeah, I heard that. Hare Krishna. Okay, thank you, Savanandi. Yes. Anybody yeah. else? <laughs> thank you. Say, thank say you. hello. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hi, Krishna Shri Rupa. Shri Rupa, Maybe see you this afternoon, maybe? Hopefully. Okay, we'll see. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Oh, good. Two classes today. Always you try to do two classes. What, what else is there to do than hear Hari Kata, right? You hear it's, Krishna's path. Nothing else, right? Yeah. And somehow or other, since this pandemic, I'm able to enter into your country like never before. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, we're it, lucky. Yeah, we're <laughs> Thank you, Marge. Thank you. I'm so happy about this, too. And uh, I just see uh, so many. Rangarani, she's on there now, too. Right? So yeah. it's so nice. Okay. Thank you. I vote. Yes, Marge. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Thank you, Marge. Oh, very happy to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're on. That's all. Okay, thank you. Good. Hi, Krishna Guru Maharaj. Narmasaki here. Okay, Haribo. Haribo, thank you. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. This is Sudama. Haribo, good to see you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Maharaj. May we meet soon in the holy land of Govardhan. <laughs> sure, thank you. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for the class. It's so wonderful. I'm also able to enter into your country in this way too. That's great. Good. Thank Hi. you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Jack. Okay, Jack, great to hear from you. Good. Thanks for class. Thank you. 
Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Lovely your speech. Oh, Catalina. Thank you so much. Yes, I thank know you. You, you, you like these type of instructions and you will try to pass them on to your children in the language they that's, can understand. That, yes, yes, that is true. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, great. Hare Krishna. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gurudev, his Raja Devi. Wow, it's so nice. From every continent, we have people. Very good. And I do pray I can meet you in Vrindavan soon, too, but we don't know what the future holds. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gurudev, Bhagavinda. Thank you for another great class. There seems to be something missing there. She's up with Raghunath and Kastupa. Okay. She went to that wedding. Uh, for the uh, the retreat. Yeah, and there's a wedding there too. Of that. Oh, a, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right, well. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Jackie Shuri. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Thanks for class. It's great. Thank you. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. I just have to say, is one of our amazing um, synchronicities. You know, you were glorifying Adi Prabhu, Purush Prabhu. You know, yeah. who, by the way, even though with the pandemic, he can't go there physically to the Bhakti Center, but he goes every single morning by phone. But anyway, yeah. it was so it was so amazing because, you know, for the first time, you know, he and I were um, having a, a one-on-one -on -one conversation by phone last night for a really long time and so just on the heels of that you know you're you know i think this is the first time you're you're like no the second time that i've heard you glorify him so much and and in the course of our conversation last night i was trying because of the nature of the conversation i was trying so hard to remember the exact way that by sheshka um by prabhu puts the that phrase, I live to be corrected, but I couldn't remember the exact way he put it. And so I was racking my brains and I couldn't remember. And so now, so just now in class, it's amazing that you, that you mentioned that very thing. So there were so many points of synchronicity in connection with your glorification of Adi Purush Prabhu. Always, Gail, always, Gail. <laughs> it was so nice. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Good. Anybody else? Okay. I'm going to head out, not head out, but I got to do a few things and then uh, I will.